This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. A call to minister in an office. Like you hear a believer say, I'm called to be a pastor and teacher. People will say, I'm called to be a prophet. I'm called to be an evangelist. I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be a prophet. I'm called to be an evangelist. I'm called to be an apostle. But what actually is the call of God? I want to let you know today that the call of God is a call unto fellowship. What God has called us unto is a call unto fellowship with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. That is the ultimate call of God. Now, for the offices of the pastor and teacher, the evangelist, the prophet, and the apostle, those are ministering gifts that were given unto us. The Bible lets us know in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, the Bible says that wherefore when Christ ascended up on high, he led captivity captives and he gave gifts unto men. And the Bible later talks about those gifts, the gift of pastoring and teaching, the gift of prophecy and all and all. But you see, today I want to let you know that the ultimate call of God is a call to fellowship with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. The Bible lets us know that God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 that God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. In other words, he says that God has called us unto the fellowship of his son. That is the ultimate. The call of God is a call to fellowship. It's a call to fellowship with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. Now, let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. The Bible lets us know in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, Jesus talking to the disciples. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. That is the key. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, come learn of me, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. He says that, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. So Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. That's the call of God to man. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you. He says, and learn of me. That is the key. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Because the only place where we can learn of him is in the place of fellowship. So that is the call of God. The call of God is a call to fellowship. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. The Bible lets us know, God prophesying, speaking through the prophet Isaiah. He says that, come unto me and let us reason together. He says, come and let us reason together. God was speaking through prophet Isaiah. He says, come and let us reason together. Come, that is the call of God. Come and let us reason together. Come and let us have fellowship one with another. And this fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. So the call of God is a call to fellowship. Now, when for us as believers, we are operating in offices like the office of the pastor and teacher, that of the prophet,
virgins. Jesus gave a parable in Matthew chapter 25, verse 1 to 13, of the wise and the foolish virgins. He gave a parable of 10 virgins, and Jesus said that five of the virgins, they had extra oil in their vessel, that they all had lamps, and the five wise virgins, that they had extra oil in their vessel. But the Bible says that the foolish virgins, they did not have any extra oil in their vessel. They only went with their lamps. And the Bible says when they slept at night, at midnight, the bridegroom came. And there was a cry that the bridegroom had arrived. And when they woke up, the Bible says that the foolish virgins, they realized that their lamps had gone out. But the wise virgins, they had extra oil in their vessel. And that is what happens to you when you spend time fellowshipping with God. God begins to rub himself on you. God begins to anoint you. That oil of God begins to rest on your head as you have fellowship with him. The Bible says in Psalm 133, it says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to gather together in unity. It says it's like the ointment on Aaron's head that flows down to his bed and to his chest. It says, As the dew of Ammon, the dew upon Mount Zion, for dear God commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So in other words, according to Psalm 133, it says, In the place of fellowship and the gathering together of believers in unity, it says that there is a dew that rests upon Mount Zion. That dew is called the anointing. And so for the wise virgins, they had extra oil in their vessel. But for the foolish virgins, the Bible says they had no extra oil. And when the bridegroom came, the wise virgins entered into this. They entered into the marriage ceremony and the door was shut. And the foolish virgins, the Bible says they went to get oil. Before they came back, the door had been shut. And when they came, the Bible says that the bridegroom told them that they should go, that the door had been shut. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We can hear you. We can hear you. And so the wise virgins had extra oil in their vessels because they spent time fellowshipping with God. And the Bible says in verse 13 that we should watch. Because for the wise virgins, the reason why they had extra oil was because they were watching and praying. Matthew chapter 25, verse 13. The Bible says in verse 13 that watch therefore. For ye know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. In other words, the wise virgins, they were watching. In the place of fellowship, they were watching. They always had a constant fellowship with God. And that is the ultimate call of God to us as believers. He has called us to fellowship. Now, 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 from verse 3. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, it says that John said, talking here, he says, That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4, it says, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Verse 5, it says, This then is the message you have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So John says in 1 John 1 verse 3 that that which you have seen and heard declare unto you that ye may have fellowship with us. In other words, he's saying that the reason why we are declaring these things unto you is so that you can have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. He says in verse 4 that these things write unto you that your joy may be full. Why? Because the Bible says in John chapter 16 verse 11 that in His presence there is fullness of joy. And at His right hand are pleasures forevermore. The Bible says in John 16, I mean, in Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, that that will show to me the path of life. For in thy presence there is fullness of joy. I 
your joy may be full because when you have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, we experience fullness of joy in His presence. And verse 5, it says that this then is the message which we have heard that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. So the call of God is a call to fellowship. Now the question is this, what happens when we fellowship with God? What happens when we fellowship with Him? John chapter 16 verse 13. John chapter 16 verse 13. What happens when we have fellowship with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ? The Bible says in John chapter 16 from verse 13, it says, I'll be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come. Jesus was talking to the disciples. He says, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. In other words, Jesus is telling them here that when the Holy Spirit comes, who is the Spirit of truth? Number one, he says he will guide you into all truth, which is the word of God. He says he will not speak of himself, but he will say that which he hears. He will show you things to come. He says whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Now verse 14, he says he shall glorify me. So Jesus was saying that the Holy Spirit will glorify me, Christ Jesus. He says he will receive of mine and show it unto you. Now he says in verse 15 that all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of what is mine and show it unto you. So in other words, Jesus is saying here that the Holy Spirit will take of what is mine, what is his, and show unto us. So when we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, what, is, what happens in fellowship is that the Holy Spirit takes of what is Christ and he reveals it to us. He takes of what is divine and shows it to us as human beings on earth so that we can walk in divinity. So when we fellowship with God, what happens is that we partake of divinity. But ye are a chosen generation. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people. It says that he has called us to show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So when God called us, he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He called us unto fellowship. Now, how do we fellowship with God? We fellowship with God through meditation on the word and through prayers. The truth of the matter is this. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, when we pray, our prayer is not effective without the word of God. And so when we sit down to meditate on God's word, you know, scriptures begin to erupt in our hearts. Scriptures begin to erupt in our spirit. And as scriptures erupt in our spirit, we begin to pray the word of God. First of all, we begin to mutter. We begin to speak under our breath as we meditate. And as we begin to mutter, before you know it, we begin to declare God's word in a loud voice. We can begin to declare it in prayers of thanksgiving. Guide us into all truth. He says, He will take of what is mine and show unto you. In other words, He will take of what is Christ and He will declare it unto us. That is why the Bible says, The entrance of His word giveth light. Because God is light. So as we fellowship with light, He says, His word will enter into us and bring light into us. So the call of God is a call to fellowship. And the only way we can fellowship is through meditation on God's word. As we meditate, we begin to mutter the words. As we begin to mutter, we begin to pray prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of supplication. We begin because of the revelations of his word. Psalm 34, verse 5, the Bible says that they looked unto him, they were lighted, and their faces were not ashamed. You see, every time we sit down with the scriptures to meditate on God's word, what happens is that we begin to see the face of Jesus. We look onto the face of Jesus. That's what the Bible talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 
The Bible talks about it in from verse 14. It says, But their minds were blinded until this day remained the same day on taking away in the reading of the Old Testament, which day is done away in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15. It says, But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil remains upon their hearts. Verse 16, it says, Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. It says in verse 18 that, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of God, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So in other words, as we sit down to meditate on God's word, we are beholding the express image of God's word. We are beholding the express image of God's person. Because the Bible refers to him in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. The Bible says about Jesus, that is the express image of God's person. That is the shining forth, is the is the effulgence of God's glory, is the brightness of His glory. So every time we look into the scriptures, we behold His face. And the Bible says in Psalm 34 verse 5 that they looked unto Him and they were like Him, and their faces were not ashamed anymore. So every time we sit down to meditate on the scriptures, what happens is that we begin to behold the face of Jesus, and the light of His face begins, the light of His countenance begins to shine on us. There's an exchange, the Holy Spirit begins to take up what is Christ, and it begins to reveal them to us. Now, the reason why the ultimate call of God God is to present to himself a glorious church without spot and wrinkle. Listen to me again. The reason why the ultimate call of God is a call to fellowship is because the ultimate goal of God for the church is for the church to be presented to him a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27. The Bible says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for it, that he must sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word of God. So he says here in verse 25, Ephesians chapter 5, he says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. Now he tells us how Christ showed his love to the church and gave himself for it. He says in verse 26, he says the reason why Christ gave himself up for the church was so that he could sanctify and cleanse us with the washing of water by the word. Verse 27, he says that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spots or wrinkles or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So the reason why the call of God is a call to fellowship is because the ultimate goal of God is for God to present to himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. In other words, a church that has been cleansed. He said that he might sanctify and cleanse the church with the washing of water by the word. Now the question is this, how do we get sanctified and cleansed by the washing of water by the word of God? John 15 verse 3. The book of John chapter 15 verse 3. Jesus said in John 15 verse 3, Jesus said, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now, Ephesians 5, 26 lets us know that he won't to present to himself a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, a church that is sanctified and cleansed. Now, how does this cleansing take effect? How do we get sanctified? Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 3, he said, Now ye are clean through the words which I have spoken unto you. Now go to Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. Isaiah chapter 1 
the book of Isaiah, prophet Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible lets us know in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Isaiah was prophesying to the children of Israel. This is the call of God to man. He says, Come now and let us reason together. In other words, Prophet Isaiah says, Come now and let us fellowship. Let us argue. Let us reason the matter together. He says that though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So God is calling the church. God is calling everyone on earth and He's telling us, Come now. Let us reason together, serve the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, it says that they shall be as white as snow. So the call of God is a call for us to reason together. The call of God is a call for us to fellowship. But now, when we fellowship with God, there's something that happens. We are cleansed and we are sanctified. That is the reason why the believer need not worry about forgiveness of sins. Because every time we spend time fellowshipping with God, there is a cleansing that takes effect. Jesus said in John 15, 3, he said, Now ye are clean through the words which are spoken unto you. Now you are cleansed just because he spoke his word to them. He said, my words have cleansed you. So Isaiah prophesies here in Isaiah 1.18. He says, come now. God is speaking to Isaiah and let us read him together. Say the Lord. He says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall become as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wood. So the call of God to us is a call to fellowship. something that happens there is there is a cleansing and a, and a sanctification because jesus said in john 15 3 now you are clean through the words which are spoken unto you now let's go to first john chapter one 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 now from verse three we're going to read from verse three to verse seven first john chapter one from verse three the Bible says that John was speaking here. He says, That which you have seen and heard declare unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. From verse 4, he says, And this is writing unto you that your joy may be. And I said earlier that the Bible says in Psalm 16, verse 11, that in His presence there is fullness of joy. So John is saying here that as we fellowship with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, we experience fullness of joy. Verse 5. He said, this then is the message you have heard of him and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. First John chapter 1 verse 6 says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, he says we lie and do not the truth. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we are not doers of the truth. Verse 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And what happens? He says, and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. Folks, look at it again. First John chapter 1 verse, from verse 5 to 7. He says that this then is the message which you have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Verse 6, he says, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. In other words, it's not possible to fellowship with God and walk in darkness because God is light. He says, if we say we have fellowship with him with light and we walk in darkness, we We have fellowship one with another. In other words, as we fellowship with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, we begin to walk in light as he is in the light. That's why the Bible says the light. Then we have fellowship one with another. And as we fellowship, it says the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. So as we fellowship with him, there's something that happens. Our sins have been cleansed. So that's the reason why I don't wake up in the morning and the first thing I say is, Oh, Father, 
I want you to, you know, I, I begin to ask for forgiveness or say for the sins I've committed knowingly and unknowingly. No. For me to have fellowship with the Father and the Son, as I fellowship with the Father and the Son, my sins are being cleansed. All that happens is that I admit my sins because when the light of God shines on my heart, all my eating sins are revealed. So there are no eating sins anymore. As I fellowship with Him, as I fellowship with His Word, His blood automatically cleanses me from all sins. And that is what Isaiah was saying in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. That God was saying to Isaiah, that come and let us reason together. That though your sins be as scarlet, he says that they will become as white as snow. Now, folks, I want you to know that as the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins, we overcome the evil one, who is the devil. As his blood cleanses us from all sins, we overcome the evil one, who is the devil. Now, Revelation, the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 to 11. You know, we have established that in the place of fellowship, the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sins. We have established that the ultimate goal of God is to present to himself a glorious church without spot by the word of God. The same thing Jesus said in John chapter 15 verse 3. He said, now you are clean through the words which I have spoken unto you. So as we meditate on God's word, he says we are cleansed. Because the Bible says the entrance of his word giveth life and giveth understanding unto the sinful. Is what cleanses us, is what washes us. So Ephesians 5:26 talks about the washing of water by the word of God. The word of God cleanses us from all sins. Now, this is what happens. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 and 11. Now, I want you to know that the Bible refers to Satan as the accuser of the brethren. In other words, as we fellowship with God, that's why sometimes when people stand before God to fellowship with Him, they begin to remember their old sins, they begin to remember the wrongs that they did. And you know, because of that, there is guilt. And once there is guilt in their heart, they cannot fellowship genuinely with God. But this is the key. What you need to know is this, that the call of God is a call to fellowship. God is calling us to fellowship with Him. As we fellowship with Him, He says that God our sins be as colored, they will become as white as snow. As we fellowship with Him, His word is cleansing us of all kinds of sin. His blood is washing us. His blood is washing us and His word is cleansing us. Now, Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 and 11. The Bible says, John was speaking based on revelation that he had. He says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. He says in verse 10, he continues, he says, For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Now I want you to know that the accuser of the brethren, who is the devil, is standing before God accusing the brethren. Now it didn't say, the Bible didn't call him the accuser of unbelievers. No. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. So it is we who are believers in Christ that is accusing before God. Because there are day and night. Now, verse 11 is the testimony. The Bible says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of their testimony. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, that we overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Now, this was a revelation to John. God was revealing to John how we overcome the accuser of the brethren. Because you see, as long as we are in this flesh, there are certain things that are works of the flesh. There are, there are evils that are in the flesh. But the only way we can suppress these things is by fellowship with God, not by self-ability. But as we fellowship with Him, what happens is that we are cleansed and we are sanctified. So the Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, that we overcame that accuser of the brethren by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And it says, and they love not their lives unto death. Verse 12 says, therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. 
So there is a reason to rejoice. That's why the Bible says in His presence there is fullness of joy. Because we have overcome the wicked one. We have overcome the accuser of the brethren. How? By the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. So as we fellowship with God, we are fellowshipping with light, we are fellowshipping with His word, and His blood is cleansing us from all sins. Now Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I want you to sink in your heart that the call of God is a call to fellowship. We started from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9. The Bible says God is faithful by whom we were called unto the fellowship of his son Christ Jesus. God is faithful. So the call of God is a call to fellowship. Galatians chapter 5 verse Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. Now the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 that for brethren ye have been called unto liberty. This was Paul speaking to the church in Galatia. He says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh. For by love, serve one another. He says, You have been called unto liberty. Now, it is established. Paul says here that the call of God is a call unto liberty. The question is this How do we experience liberty in Christ? He says that we have been called unto liberty. We have been called unto liberty. How do we experience that liberty in Christ? 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 17. It says we have been called unto liberty. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. Galatians 5:13 says, We have been called unto liberty. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. The Bible says, Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, Paul says we have been called unto liberty to the church in Galatia, Galatia. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul says to the church in Corinth, he says, Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So if we as believers, he says we have been called unto liberty. And he also says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, that now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. It means that as we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, or as we fellowship with, the, with Christ Jesus, with the Father and the Son, Christ Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, we experience that through liberty. That is where there is liberty. He says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So it says we have been called unto liberty. In other words, we have been called to fellowship with the Holy Spirit because that is the only place where we can find liberty. It is in the presence of God that we experience liberty. And that's why the Bible says in His presence, there is fullness of joy. You know, Jesus said, He said, you shall know the truth. John chapter 8 verse 32. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. He says, you will know the truth. John 16 13 says, I will be when the Spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth. So it means that as I fellowship with God's word, as I fellowship with truth, and I experience freedom, I experience liberty. It says we have been called unto liberty. And it says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So folks, the call of God is a call to What is happening simply is that you are not being cleansed, you are not being sanctified, and therefore you are not being a part of the church that is going to be presented to him, a glorious church without spot and without wrinkle. So the call of God is a call to fellowship. The call of God is a call to fellowship with the, with the word of God. And as we fellowship with the word, as we meditate on his word, we begin to pray, we begin to mutter his word, we begin to speak in other tongues, we begin to declare his word, and as we declare it, the word of God is cleansing us. So folks, all I want you to know today is that the call of God is a call to fellowship. God has called us unto fellowship. God has called us unto fellowship. Now let's look finally at this. Luke chapter 10. The book of Luke chapter 10. 
Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Luke chapter 10. After this, we'll begin to pray. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Luke chapter 10. The Bible lets us know in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, talking about Jesus. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at the Jesus' feet and heard his word. So the Bible lets us know that they were passing through a village. And Jesus entered into a certain village and he entered into the house of a certain woman named Martha. And the Bible says in verse 39 of Luke chapter 10 that Jesus sat down in their house and Mary, the sister of Martha, sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. But verse 40, the Bible says, But Martha was troubled about much service. She was troubled about many things. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Be that therefore that she helped me. And in verse 41, the Bible says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many And Mary has chosen that good part. And with this good part shall not be taken away from her. In other words, Jesus says to Martha that you are troubled about many things. And that's the way many believers are today. You are in church, you are, you are a member of the church, you are a worker in a church, you know, you are fully participating in the ministry, but you are troubled about many things. You don't have enough time to sit down and learn at the feet of Jesus. And not realizing that the ultimate call of God is a call to fellowship. That's why he says, Come learn of me. Come and sit down at my feet. And Jesus said to Martha, Thou art troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, because Mary sat at the feet of Jesus to learn of him. That is the ultimate call of God, to sit at his feet and learn of him, to hear his words, to fellowship with him, and feel his heart feet. That is the ultimate call of God to us as believers. So folks, you know, I just want us to pray, and as we start to pray, I want you to realize that this is all that God is requiring of you to fellowship with him. You see, the call of God is not a call to stop smoking, even though it is good to stop smoking. That is not the ultimate call of God. The ultimate call of God is a call to fellowship. He has established that as you fellowship, all those things called the works of the flesh, they will drop off because he will cleanse you through his word. You will begin to experience sanctification and cleansing through the word of God and the blood of Jesus. And that's why the Bible says that we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the words of our testimony. So folks, I just want us to begin to pray. Can we just begin to pray in other tongues? I just want you to declare that the word of God is a lamp. Hallelujah. Psalm, the book of Psalms, Psalm, the book of Psalms, chapter 89, verse 15. The book of Psalms, the Psalms of David, chapter 89, verse 15. The Bible says that blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. It says, blessed are the people that know the joyful sound. Now, this joyful sound is what we experience in the presence of God. It says these people, they will walk in the light of his countenance. Psalm 16, verse 11. It says that, Psalm 16, verse 11. Now, Psalm 89, verse 15 says that, Blessed are the people that do know the joyful sounds of the Lord. It says, They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. Psalm 16, verse 11. The Bible says, Thou will show to me the path of life. In thy prayer, there is fullness of God. At your right hand and pleasures forevermore. So he says, Blessed are those that know the joyful sounds of God. How do we know these joyful sounds? We know them in the place of fellowship. So sometimes when you are preaching, you begin to scream, Whoa, glory to God, glory to God. Those joyful sounds, it's those that know them. They are the ones that walk in.
that Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So these pleasures forevermore. That begin to, we begin to express these pleasures. We take advantage of them as we fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So I just want you to declare. He says, Blessed are those that know the joyful sounds of the Lord. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of His countenance. I want you to declare that you know the joyful sounds of the Lord. In the place of First John chapter 5, verse 8, from verse 8. In fact, we are going to start from verse 7. First John chapter 5. In fact, I think we should start from verse 6. First John chapter 5 from verse 6. The Bible says that he was talking about Christ Jesus. He said, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, because the water there represents the word of God. And I told you, every time we fellowship with him, Jesus said, Now you are clean through the words which are spoken unto you. Ephesians 5 26 says that now you are cleansed with the washing of water by the word of God. So the word of God is water. So it says Jesus came not by water only, but by water and by blood. So there are two things at work here the water, which is the word of God, and the blood of Jesus Christ. So it continues, it says, and it is the spirit that beareth witness, because the spirit is true. Verse 7 it says, For there are three that bear record in heaven the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Verse 8 it says, There are three that bear witness in earth. So on this earth, on this planet earth, the Bible says there are three people that bear witness. The Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, the water, and the blood. And it says these three, they agree in one. Now it says in verse 9 that if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his stuff. Now what is he saying here in verse 8? He says there are three that bear witness in earth. The Spirit, and the water, and the blood. In other words, every time we fellowship with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, there's something that happens. He says the Holy Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three of them, they agree in once. As we are fellowship with the Holy Spirit, as we are meditating on His Word, the water is washing us. The blood of Jesus is cleansing us from all sins. And guess what? The Holy Spirit is bearing witness with our spirits that we are children of God. Because you see, every time the devil brings condemnation to your heart, he's condemning you so that you would think you are not acceptable before God. So that you would think you are not, you are not a son of God. But the Bible says, that she says that the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. That's why it says there are three that bear witness in us. The spirit, the water, and the blood. But the reason why they can bear witness together is because Jesus paid the price for your sins. And so when the water is declared, is washing you, the blood of Jesus is speaking better things on your behalf. The Bible says the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of David. The blood of Jesus says, I was shed for his sins. I was shed for his sins. Therefore, you can't call him a sinner anymore. Now he can declare that I'm a child of God. Because the spirit is bearing witness with the spirit that he's a son of God. You know, I just want you to declare that as we fellowship with him, we fellowship as we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that we experience this water and the blood. The water cleanses us. The blood cleanses us from all sins. This agreement between them, this agreement between the Holy Spirit, the water, which is the word of God, and the blood of Jesus, we experience him in reality. In the name of Jesus, every time we stand before God in fellowship, we experience the reality of this agreement. Finally, can we look at John chapter 4? Finally, John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. John chapter 4. I want you to know, I've said it over and over, the call of God is a call to fellowship. So even if I'm a prophet, I'm an apostle, a pastor and a teacher, and I'm going fellowshiping with God, then I will be like the foolish virgin. That is the truth of the matter, because I will not carry extra oil in my vessel. But you see, the Bible says our earth will not lack oil. For us to always have oil in our vessel, we must spend time fellowshiping with God. Because as we fellowship, He rubs Himself on us. That's what they call, that's what is called the anointing. As we fellowship with God, God is rubbing Himself on us. Now, John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. Now, it's the story of the Samaritan woman. 
and you see from verse 21, the Bible says, Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me. That's verse 21 of John chapter 4. He said, The hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Because at that time, some believed that they had to go to a mountain to worship the Father. Some believed that it was only at Jerusalem that they could worship the Father. Now, Jesus said in verse 22, He said, Ye worship, you know not what. In other words, you don't know what you worship. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jew. Now, He says in verse 23, He said, But the hour cometh. And this is the hour. Jesus was saying at that time that the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Verse 24, he says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, Jesus is saying to the Samaritan woman that the Father seeketh such to worship him. That means the call of God is for people to come and worship him in spirit and in truth. He says, because God is a spirit. And that's the importance of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. God is a spirit. And it says, they that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now, He said we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And truth is the word of God. So we cannot worship Him in spirit and not worship Him in truth. No, He says as we fellowship with Him, we must fellowship with Him in spirit and in the truth of God's word. I just want us to declare that as worshippers of the Father, that we worship Him in spirit and in truth. As we spend time with His word, we worship him in spirit and in truth. The truth of God's word is revealed to us. That's why Jesus said in John 16, 13, that I'll be here when he, the spirit of truth, is called. He says he will guide you in truth. I just want us to declare that as we fellowship with him, we worship him in spirit and in truth. Because the Father seeks such to worship him. Can we just declare man He says the hour is coming and... As we round up this prayer session, I want you to declare that I fellowship with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. I fellowship with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. I want you to declare to I fellowship with the Father and His Son. And as I fellowship with them, the blood of Christ cleanses away all my sins. Praise God. Bring the Access. 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 Again, I say unto you, you have access to me. You have access to everything that pertains unto me. You have the full access. Again, I say unto you, you have the full access. Come to my throne boldly. Receive boldly. For I have not made anything for, made all these things for anyone but for you. Come boldly. Don't think of all the things you've done in the past. Don't think of the wrong things you've done in the past, past month, past year. Don't think of those things, for they are the devil's strategies to take hold of your mouth. Again, I say unto you, you have access. Access to everything that pertains unto me. Access to everything that pertains unto me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Michael. Woo. Glory. Michael. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, nothing. 
can I have me, I have the, I have a, I have a kind of like a word of prophecy. And that word of prophecy is a shout of joy. Woo! Glory! <laughs> I'm just full of joy. I'm full of full of excitement and just like those songs of joy in my spirit. And it's just woohoo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. In my network is getting this. Faithful. We give you praise because you are ever faithful. Thank you because you are committed to this fellowship. Thank you because you are committed unto us having access. You are committed unto us. Fellowship with, with you continuously and having victories in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you Lord. We give you praise because our things work. We give you praise because our families are blessed. We give you praise because everything that pertains to us goes well. In the name of Jesus. We walk in the light as you are in the light. Concerning our health, we walk in the light. Concerning our finances, we walk in the light. Amen. Concerning our we walk in the light. In the name of Jesus. We give you praise, O God. Blessed be your name forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Amen.